Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 8, Episode 21, The Girl Who Cried Wolf. Mary, what happened this week? We just want to give you guys a heads up that this episode deals with themes of sexual assault and police brutality. Please, um... Continue at your discretion. We would rather you be safe than consume this content. Thank you. Val and Noah talk to the cops about what went down at the pee pad on Valentine's Day, but don't believe there is sufficient evidence to charge Noah with rape. Donna believes Noah is innocent until he confesses he did have sex with Val. Heartbroken, she continues to pop giant pain pills and accepts amphetamines from Noah's brother Josh to get her through a work presentation. Unfortunately for her, calling Josh for more pills means calling Noah at the boat, so she decides to just take some from the Wyatt Clinic while Kelly is doing inventory. Speaking of Kelly, she has absolutely no sympathy for Val. She and Steve think she's lying to get out of trouble for cheating on David and, as a bonus, get her hands on some of that Hunter oil and chemical money. Money that Josh is totally willing to give Val to make all of this go away. But Noah isn't cool with that because it makes him look guilty. But that doesn't stop Josh from offering Valerie $200,000 to not take Noah to civil court. Y'all, that's like $100,000 more than usual, and she doesn't take it. Val will only be satisfied when the truth is revealed in court. Meanwhile, David takes several nights off from band to comfort and care for Val, despite Val telling him to go to work before the record label kicks him out of Jasper's Law. Also, Steve and Brandon witness police brutality on a ride-along with Officer Tammy and her partner, but decide to maybe not publish their story about it since Officer Glenn is a really good cop with a traumatic backstory and he's so close to retiring. And this is what shows Steve and Brandon that maybe things with Valerie aren't what they seem for some reason. The end. So when you said that David takes a few days off from band, all I could think of was <laughs> Ken. My job is band. <laughs> I mean, but, like, kind of, because he's playing a keyboard, but he's not, like, an official band member, so it really kind of just sounds like he's just, like, in band. <laughs> the, yeah. And they, like, have after hours. This is, like, his after-school job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Okay, but ugh, in all seriousness, it's kind of jarring, like – so last episode we ended with like everybody confronting Noah on the boat about raping Val. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that was where it cut. And so to open this week, like, you know, it's also been a few weeks since we watched it to open it straight on the police station. I'm like, Oh, they literally called the cops. Yeah. And it seems like this is the next day. Like, like very immediately after that confrontation on the boat. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I notice while they're doing this interrogation and pretty much like the whole episode, I think, there's evidence where they're asking Noah, like, did she say no? Did she resist? And Noah doesn't respond with a like actual response. He's like, well, Val's a liar. Yeah, or he like just keeps saying the words like, I didn't rape her. Like, you know, yeah. and I think – I think I understand what he's doing. I just think he's 
I think the whoever was interrogating him should have picked up on that. You know, That's like what I understand, I mean. like y- yeah, like I understand why he's doing it, but like it's a bad decision. You need to be as honest as possible to whoever's mm. interrogating you. Yeah. And then meanwhile, on the other hand, you have Val talking to somebody else and they're asking her questions, like getting really invasive, being like, well, do you already have a past with Noah? Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I'm not the one that should be on trial. And I kind of did love this woman that she's talking to who's like, you're right, but you will be. Yeah. And like the key point that she says is he took away my ability to know what I wanted. It's like she's not denying that you know, that they did have sex, but she's like, I was not in my right mind to determine if that was something I did or didn't want. So mm-hmm. I know what happened. I don't remember it, but I could not tell you if I wanted or didn't want it, which is like, it's such a loaded statement and a scary statement. Like, at, you know, obviously as women here, like we have a very different or, or maybe it's not very different. It's just it's just our own way of, of thinking about these situations and feeling about these situations because it's scary. And so mm-hmm. that I, I thought that was a really important point that she made there. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I when this opened on that, when that was like how Val's first conversation goes in this episode, I was like, okay, I feel like this could be a potential to be a great episode like someone Mm -hmm. knows what they're doing with the writing with this whole like opening on this scene kind of doing the law and order thing that Beverly Mm -hmm. Hills 90210 likes to play around with yeah so I I started off really interested yeah yeah me too I was like oh good they're they're setting this foundation right for Mm -hmm. how the remainder of the episode should go and it just doesn't go that way. Yeah, because we also have this moment where, like, out in the waiting room, Donna is insisting that Noah didn't sleep with Val. And it's just like, oh, no, this is just going to make it worse. Let's go mm-hmm. ahead and just, like, start piling everything up at the beginning so we can re, you know, unravel it later. But then I forgot that Josh existed and that he has <laughs> access to drugs. Mm-hmm. And he starts talking to Donna and is just like, oh, how's your back? You're on painkillers? You know it goes great with painkillers and amphetamines. I can get you some. How do you feel about that? And it's crazy to me that he is so um, direct about it. But and, – and this is a credit to to the actor who, you know, of course, I know him as Hot Uncle mm-hmm. Cooper from One Tree Hill and love him <laughs> dearly. But – it's a credit to him because the way he delivers it and the way he like he totally disarms Donna. He he can be direct about it but still be like almost like a calming comforting kind of voice which is the scariest kind of person, but it works for Donna, right? Because Donna is a is a pretty trusting person like she's always been. Um but also there's this still this little bit of like Donna's naive and just assumes that everybody is is there to help everybody, you know? Yeah. No, I literally, in the next part where Noah finally tells Donna that he did have sex with Valerie, I was like, oh, poor Donna. Poor, mm-hmm. naive baby Donna. Mm-hmm. Like, but 
I want to come back to the idea about Josh later because I feel like – so when Valerie does things, I feel like she's, like, chaotic, like, leaning on chaotic evil, but it's mostly chaotic with the group. Like, she's not mm-hmm. really trying to do anything bad to the gang, to the main characters. You have yeah. Josh coming in, and he's, like, true evil. Right. It is – so terrifying how he just walks over and he's like, oh, yeah, I was in this really bad skiing accident and this worked for me. You should try it. Yeah, it's like the the biggest difference is that Val, Val won't directly hurt somebody for the sake of hurting them. She will hurt them if it benefits her. But it has to be tied back to her. Josh, no, he just wants to hurt people. He just wants to do bad things and get other people to do bad things. Yeah, like there's there's no reason that he needs to be a drug dealer. He comes right. from money. Like he doesn't need to do this. He's just doing it because he can do this to people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So then we we get the credits. We cut forward. And we're at Casa Walsh. Where we have to say hello to everybody else in the in the cast because David is talking to Jasper of Jasper's Law and is telling him that he can't record right now because of what happened to Valerie. And like I understand basically needing to provide a doctor's note, like I can't come to work today because of this, but it always bothers me when people tell other random people somebody's business besides their own on this show where they're always just like oh well you know Val's dad blah 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 and now this about Val I Mm -hmm. no I'm with you yeah no I'm with you I mean he literally could just say like I'm having a personal situation or you know this is a um family matter or you know like whatever he wanted to say like he like people don't need to know your business especially they don't need to know somebody else's business and people if they're being that nosy like you still don't have to tell them like um there's a <laughs> taylor swift lyric that says like you don't have to answer just because someone asks you like you like you literally like you could be asked whatever question you still don't have to answer do you think david would be a taylor swift fan yes 100 percent I kind of think so, too. The reason why is because I think he really values, like, people who – not only just, like, songwriters in general, but people who do their own stuff. And so the fact that Taylor, like, writes all of her own songs and produces and has, like, one main producer that she works with, I think he would respect that and, like, the artistry of it all more than, like, he just, you know, thinks that Antihero is a bop, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No, I completely agree. I David's a Swifty. David Madonna, like fully dressed up. Yeah, exactly. But Donna thinks that Antihero is a bop. <laughs> yes, I can see that. <laughs> he, I was gonna say they're the meme of the guy shouting in the girl's ear while she just <laughs> looks pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh man. But okay. Anyway, it's I kind of love the Val moment where she was just like, you put me in front of yourself. I don't know that I would do that for you, but I appreciate it. Like, I don't know. 
I no, I am with you. Like I think that Val sometimes is not only shocked when somebody is selfless toward her. She's not only just that, but also very much like, I wouldn't do that. Like, I am not that. Like, because I don't think she's ever truly been in love. Like, Mm-mm. not, not you know, not love, love. Like, she's she's been infatuated, but I don't think she's been in love because I don't think she realizes, like, love does kind of change you. Like, if you know, mm-hmm. in a way, not not fully, but like in a way, like you, your priorities shift. And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I'm just not there with you. You're really nice and really fun, and I do like you, but mm, if you, if the situation was reversed, I wouldn't be here. Like that is wild to me. <laughs> but I love it though because it is like Val's radical honesty, where she can't help yeah. it; she just has to do it. But like, I think it's good, and I I just love that she says it. And David is just like, okay, yeah, yeah. cool, 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 right. And, like, how she just was, like, she says that, and I thought David was going to react to it, but she just says Same. it, and it's very much, like, Alexis Rose in Shits Creek, where she's, like, thanks, and then moves on. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, but then we have to move on to go downstairs, where Brandon and Steve are playing, like, I don't know, people watching the scene, like, they keep just, like, being like, well, why would she lie about this? And then Steve is like, oh, well, the same reason she lied about this. They're like the two opposite sides of things. Of like, mm-hmm. why would she lie? Why wouldn't she lie? And they're just accusing her of this. And Val and David are just like standing in the entryway, just being like, Casa Walsh has the thinnest walls on the planet. We can hear yeah. everything. I think for me, it's like, which we always joke all the time about how Val is going to vow. She's going to Malone people. She's going to manipulate. She's going to, you know, do what she can to get ahead. But I, I, I just had the thought of something that I think either one of you or both of you have said countless times. It's like, why are they friends with Val? Because they're not even treating her. And, and specifically in this scene, I'm meaning Brandon and Steve. They're not even treating her like a human being, much less a friend, you know, like, she is part of the group and has been for years at this point, but yet they're essentially trying to say how bad of a person she is. And so of course, karma, you know, like, of course she's done these bad things. So of course this bad thing might happen to her, but she's just going to find a way to get out of it or she's going to lie about it or something like that. And I'm like, first of all, that is not how friends talk about friends. At all, period, end of story. Mm-mm. Number two, they're like not even considering the fact that this person is a human being with thoughts, feelings, stuff happening to that. Like, it just baffled me. So I'm like, okay, what? There's nobody outside of David who is romantically entangled with her that thinks she's telling the truth. Why are you friends with her? Why do you call her a friend? Why do you call yourself a friend? Like, and it all comes up later, like when Kelly asks or says, like, you know, I'm mad at you for letting her stay. And, mm-hmm. you know, every time that, like, Val basically goads Brandon into trying to say something to pick a side and he just insists on staying neutral for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it baffled me that it took, like, three times this happening before David was like, come on, you're staying at my house. Like, yeah, come on, people. Because, yeah, why is she there? Right. 
It doesn't make any sense. I mean, the only reason I can think of that Val hangs around is because she knows she can manipulate them. And I don't mm-hmm. blame her. I don't bl- – at this point, I'm like, they, not, not a single person outside of maybe David, maybe, not always, but maybe right now, not a single person has ever given you a reason to be nice to them. Mm-hmm. Like, including yeah. Brandon. Like, yeah, he let her stay there. Yeah, but, like, he doesn't actually act like he cares about her. No, he always acts holier than thou and, like, he did kick her out once. I mean, she got her way back in, but he did kick her out once. Yep. And then we have this, like, brief scene on Noah's boat where Josh is on the phone with some guy that he knows who went to law school with the DA and he's doing, like, his perfect evil thing of trying to schmooze this guy and essentially bribe people to get all of this dropped. Like, we'll get all of the charges dropped and then you don't have to go to court. And Noah keeps refusing to be bailed out because he's innocent. And this is pretty much, like, just a repeat of Joe, except not. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. You're right, (laughs) because... Yeah, they really have just, like, smushed Brandon, Dylan, Joe into Noah. (laughs) I mean, like, I guess for me, what stuck out in this scene is that, like, how often Noah flip-flops. Like, the same thing – like, he's kind of consistent with, like, one thing where he's like, I didn't do it, and that's Mm -hmm. fine. He's – I guess – I mean, whatever. Anyway (laughs) – I don't have anything good to say about that, but yeah, he is very easily swayed, even if he doesn't think that he is. Like he's not being swayed by Josh to to do anything with like money or try to buy someone off or get bailed out or whatever. But later on, he is, and like he's eventually convinced to be okay with there being a settlement, but then he's not. You know, it's like he keeps flip-flopping on this. And I understand, like, this is a pretty, like, for Noah, this is also traumatic because he truly, like, he knows he didn't drug her. Like, he did not Mm -hmm. drug her and there was drugs found in her system, right? Like, he is innocent when it comes to that. Now, the other part, no. But it's... It does suck, <laughs> but I don't know. My my point is, is like he doesn't – he clearly doesn't know what to do, so he just insists on continuing to claim that he's innocent, and that's all he knows to do. Yeah, well, and it's interesting that you pointed out that like Josh is not manipulating him to use money now, but like it feels kind of like a slow burn. Like he is yeah. definitely – manipulating Noah and he's going to get closer and closer to getting all of these things he wants. And that really points out like how terrible of a person he is. Like Mm -hmm. there are so many levels to what is going on here that like, I will say I'm impressed that 90210 did this episode and did some interesting things with it. That would be one of them. Josh is one of them. Oh yeah. Cause this guy has zero conscience whatsoever. He, he the only thing he wants is to just get this to go away so that nobody mm-hmm. ever finds out what he did not because he feels guilty about it just so he'll stay out of jail <laughs> like but like 
at the same time, he feels so invincible because he's actively dealing drugs to other people in this friend group while he's like, hmm, I guess we'll never find out where that Rohypnol came from, will we? Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's wild. Oh. (laughs) Speaking of wild, can we talk about this shitty pep talk that Kelly is trying to give Donna back at the beach apartment where Donna is torn up that Noah cheated on her and Kelly's like, well, you might feel differently later. Yeah, she's very much like, crap, I've made my made my bed, I need to lie in it, and I can't be a hypocrite. You know, like, she's caught in that, like, rock and hard place where she's like, well, I made this decision, so if I don't want it thrown back in my face, I have to commit to it, like, to every other situation that comes forward. And then, to make matters worse, she essentially, like, blames Val and is like, Val's easy of course like she wanted it and I appreciate Donna being like but what if she didn't but then it's like immediately dismissed because Donna decides to bring pills out of her pocket oh my gosh and Kelly is just okay with this Kelly took speed in high school Mm -hmm. she like takes one look at the pills and she's like hmm interesting want to watch movies Yeah. Oh, my God. She's just like, oh, my gosh, does your back hurt? I thought you were rationing out your pills. We don't know what time it is. But then Donna's like, well, yeah, except 4.30 when I took them to numb myself to sleep. And then she just shoves pills in her mouth. And I was like, (laughs) Kelly, intervene right now. Like, I I just swear, like, ever since the decision to go back to Brandon, she has lost her intuition. I just – I truly feel like – There should be 24 to 48 hours after cheating, even if you think that they might change their minds later, where you just agree with what they say. You're like, yes, men are garbage. They're cheaters. We hate Noah. We're never talking to him again. And then 48 hours later, after watching Titanic six times and eating two tubs (laughs) of ice cream, you're like, okay, how do we really feel? Like, Yeah. There's totally a shock moment or a period. Like, that's certainly true. And of course, you never want to like – you know, shit on a friend's boyfriend or whatever, like, you know, cause you don't mm. want to risk your friendship and stuff, but like, yeah, like, like, like have that shock period and have that time where you can just be like going along with whatever Donna says and then yeah, I'll have the real conversation. But immediately Don- Kelly's just like, I think you're wrong and you should believe me. Which I also swear that like Donna said to Kelly when it happened and Kelly was like, no, never again, not even once. So mm-hmm. like, She's literally just forgotten. She's like, well, I'm happy now. So I guess that's where we are. It's almost like she's taking the stance of ignorance is bliss, like where she's like, I'd rather not know what's going on with people so I can just not get involved. You know what I mean? Like she's 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 wanting to ignore Donna potentially having a pill problem so that she doesn't get involved. And then she's like, well, Valerie's always like this. So I'm just going to believe that Valerie is and will always be that way. I don't want to be involved. Yeah, well, and it's like she she can ignore it when it's her friend, but she gets so gossipy later. It I was losing oh, my mind, dude. I know, I know. This was a bad episode <clears throat> for Kelly. It's such a bad episode. Like the only good thing she does right here is when Noah shows up to like try to talk to Donna, and Kelly's like, "You can't talk to her right now." Yeah. Like, that's the only thing. But it's even, like, that doesn't work because Kelly's standing in the door be- going, like, no one thinks you're a criminal. You just can't hear that from Donna Raylan. Like, 
okay, we don't know that he's not a criminal. Like, you yeah. don't. You literally just don't. You just are saying that because you hate Val. But then while they're doing that outside, Donna is actually in the bathroom taking even more pills. Mm-hmm. Which, like, of course, this would be the only way to get Donna on pills is, like, <laughs> let, let's – Throw her under a bus, roll over her a couple of times, and then give her pain pills. Like, yeah. She's been being accused by her boyfriend of cheating on him. She got in a car accident. Now her boyfriend is, was being, you know, investigated for assault. Like, it's the only way. Yeah. It's, I, I thought, if anything, it would have happened during the whole David stuff because, like, her trust was shattered but Mm. I think that was just like almost kind of like a setup where she's like you know like I said earlier building a foundation and saying like no trust is a big pillar of mine and then Mm -hmm. now that it's happened again with Noah it's like that's what's driving her to something really bad because otherwise yeah like Donna doesn't do this kind of stuff so I agree with you this is like the only thing that would push her over the edge with with pills or something like that yeah well and then like once she starts she's so naive so josh just being like oh yeah amphetamines are totally normal just take them too like Mm -hmm. i think that's what happened when she got drunk on champagne and almost got kicked out of school exactly (laughs) um but then we have to introduce another subplot because Steve and Brandon go to the peach pit and I guess they just like run into cops there and like ask to join them. I don't know. We like cut in on their having coffee together, but I couldn't really pick this up. Yeah. It seems like a random encounter. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. why else. Well, isn't Steve trying to date officer Tammy since she pulled him over? Okay. That was the same woman. Okay. 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 Oh Got it. my gosh! I that totally makes me feel so much better. About that. <laughs> I assumed that was so long ago. I was like, "When did Steve realize he has such a thing for cops?" This is the second one. <laughs> I just thought Steve was being gross, as usual. <laughs> Same. I wrote it in my notes. <laughs> wow. Okay. But, oh my god. <laughs> That's how they get but together. Also, it is so weird that, like, Steve tries to get her partner to cover for her so he can take her on a date and then turns that date basically into a ride-along. Yeah. And also, like, they clearly don't have enough content for their paper because if they think that they're just going to get some story, some random story on a ride-along. Well, and I was getting really confused at the beginning of this scene because – you know, they're asking the cops about DAs and prosecuting and evidence and whatnot. And they, the cops are like, well, the DAs are only risking their reputation. We're risking our lives. And I was like, mm-hmm. have we just like thrown in a pro cop C plot? Like, yeah. Like at first it was, I just didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was so confusing in the beginning. And then that's like, you see the rest of the way that the, how the episode goes and you're like, Oh, that was set up, set up, set up. Like <laughs> we're just yeah, trying to I, build this man's character or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. I like literally just got completely sideswept by the story. I did mm-hmm. not see it coming. Well, and it's, 
Because at first, like, it, it, I mean, it kind of sounds like Brandon and Steve are trying to get the facts, right? Like, mm-hmm. Brandon being investigative journalist, Brandon and Steve is just there. But they're like, well, you know, what about the Rehypnol? What about this? Like, how, you know, they talk about how it's hard to prove without witnesses. That proof is the is the key point in the just like all that kind of stuff and so i'm like Mm -hmm. oh okay they're trying to get a different angle on it what you know the motive of course is still to decide if they want or do not want to believe val which is horrible but they're trying a different angle here that nobody else is and i was like oh okay this could be interesting and then yeah not not at all what happens yeah no that was another thing i was going to point out is the show manages to cover like every single viewpoint someone could possibly have on Val. Like David mm-hmm. believes her unconditionally. Kelly refuses to believe her. Brandon and Steve go on this whole investigation. And then Donna is like, well, I don't know what to believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's wild. And we get this like little moment with Val where she's with David and just being like really vulnerable with him saying like how can something I didn't feel hurt so bad like she doesn't remember anything and David just keeps wanting her to just rest I'm like no you should distract her like let's go bowling or paint pottery Mm -hmm. or take a boxing class or something yeah it I think I was a little not conflicted I I don't want to use that word but like Because I appreciate everything David's trying to do. He's just trying to, like, be there and say, I I want you to do whatever – like, I want to provide you with whatever you need. And Val is – like, she says, like, she's concerned with getting a job and public humiliation and that angle. And that is something that David can't provide. And so Mm -hmm. plus all the trauma, right? Like, he can't do anything about that. And so – the reason I say like conflicted or a word similar to that is because I agree with you in the sense that like maybe he needs to try something else. Like maybe he doesn't need her to tell him what she needs or at least hear what she needs, recognize he can't give that to her and then try to do something else, right? Get her out of this headspace or at least get her out of this place, right? Like just physically, Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, but at the, at the same time, like I can totally understand David just not knowing what to do. Like absolutely, yeah. like he's probably feels so helpless. Well, and to your point, like he literally does take her out of this space in the very next scene because yeah. like he tells Val to stay upstairs. He's coming downstairs. Kelly is there because Donna's pain pills knocked her out and Kelly doesn't think there's a problem. Right. This is what I'm saying. Kelly has lost all of her intuition for an episode and I don't get it. What is the point? I feel like Kelly's been not herself for several seasons at this point. Like, <laughs> so, okay. At I've what complained point then, about this so much. Also, at what point then do we say that Kelly changed and this is her new normal? Like, do we accept it at this mm. point? Because I do remember you've mentioned it a couple of times and we had that whole, I don't remember if it was the beginning of episode f- or season five, maybe, where she was like, this is the new me. Maybe the new me was literally just like, I will never put in the extra quarter mile and like evaluate my friends. Or was it when she started child psychology and she stopped knowing how to <laughs> diagnose adults? I think it just sucks because it's like you, we still get glimpses 
of what it was. Like she'll have, mm-hmm. you know, four or five bad episodes or four or five episodes where she isn't how we expect her to be. And then she'll have like two or three where it's like, no, no, this is this is her. This is her. So it's hard. And, and I have like this. I I'm heavily biased. She's my favorite character outside of Val. And so I'm biased to like want her to be better than probably who she is. Yeah, well, and I I think she was better before. I think now, like, this is a bad episode to have this conversation on because she is the worst. The worst. In the this episode. The absolute worst. Yeah. Like, like, imagine feeling that she is the worst and we literally have a date rapist drug dealer. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I wish but- I didn't just mute myself so y'all could have heard that <laughs> laugh on the recording. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but... We literally have a drug dealer and somebody who assaulted somebody, and yet Kelly has the worst takes. It's so bad. Like, she says this. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, Donna's pain pills knocked her out, so I needed something to do, so I left her alone unconscious in the apartment. Do you want some linguine? Like, what? (laughs) But then – David comes in and is like, hey, can I have some of that for Val? And they're like, yeah, sure, of course. And then the silence that follows where David's waiting for them to ask how she is. Chef's kiss. So perfect. Yeah. But then when he leaves to like go get a plate or whatever, Kelly just looks at Brandon and is like, I'm mad at you for letting her stay here. Yeah. It's It doesn't – it doesn't exist. ma'am what the fuck yeah. yeah exactly like i i even wrote in my notes it was like kelly hasn't come out and said that val is lying yet like i didn't at this point in the episode i don't think i had heard her say those words and it was like i honestly wonder if the show was like we can't have our main female character say these words like she's just not gonna say them in the episode because like, we need her to not do that. Because immediately after, Steve walks in the kitchen and is like, Val clearly drugged herself. Dude. Okay. I know we just talked a lot about Kelly being the worst, but I think that's Steve is, we- like, clawing after. This is, like, a photo yes. finish. Well, and it's like we expect the worst from Steve, so we're not surprised. I think we're still kind of surprised when Kelly is as bad as she's being. But mm. with Steve, like <clears> – <throat> Oh my god, he even makes a comment a dumb comment about like Val being able to eat. Like he has it all figured out, right? Like he's like, I know how this goes. And frankly, David was just like, dude, shut up at first and was like, please stop talking to me. And Steve keeps pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing. So when David snaps and shatters the plate. And, and like goes after Steve I'm like clapping like I'm like audibly Good. clapping right because like what the hell like I understand it, not believing somebody like I like I can understand not being sure and I can understand if your own intuition or your own gut is saying I think this person is lying but to deliberately and intentionally be this cold mean and I'm trying to think of other synonyms for mean and cold and, and heartless and just blatant. What, what, what is the point? Like, that's what I'm trying to understand is like, 
why? Why are we getting Steve basically like attacking David for standing by Val, for getting her food? What is the point? Well, and it's very similar to like, why is everyone still friends with Val? Like, why are half of you still friends with Steve? Like, especially after this, I don't see even with his olive branch later, which we'll get to. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I don't see how you come back with friendship this way. And then, you know, because walls are very thin and Val has probably heard this from the beginning, she like again appears in the doorway and is just like, okay, fine. Everybody else is at their peace, Brandon. It's your turn. And Brandon does his whole like, you're welcome to stay here. Like, what does that mean, Brandon? Yeah. Like, like – Brandon, it's like what you said earlier, where we're kind of getting every single point of like, there's a full unconditional belief. There's a skepticism. There's a this, that, and the other. Brandon is also another one of those where he is spineless. Like, I'm sorry, but Brandon is a coward this episode. He is a, it, it's until the police brutality stuff. But even then, at the end of that, that resolution, he's a coward. Like, have the bones to make a decision or have the bones to say, I don't know. It's totally fine to admit that. Yeah. You just have to admit it. I hate how much skirting around so many people will do. And then the people that will say things end up saying terrible things. I know. We could have the people who are in the middle of the road say some nice things. And also, sorry, I have one other thing to say about the Steve stuff too. When when yeah. Steve, when David's like attacking Steve, and then you know Brandon and Kelly run in or whatever, Steve is like a four year old. Brandon, tell him he's too blind to see. Like what? Brandon, tell what is he? Your daddy? Like it made me so mad. <laughs> it was so annoying. It was just, and then, I, I, I keep going back. Like, I don't mind the episode, like the writers and like the story being told this way at all. But I'm sitting here thinking about like these human beings as real people. And I'm like, I could never, would never be friends with these people ever again. I would move away. That's what I'm saying. I'd be like, you know what? College was really fun. I'm going to go to the other coast. I'm going to yeah. get as far away from you as possible. Like, at this point, Ginger's a way better friend. Like, honestly, <laughs> like, later when Val says that she could take the money and leave, I was like, girl, do it. Like, I yeah. don't want you to, but, like, do it. Right? Oh, and then to make matters worse, the last thing that happens in this scene is the DA calls to tell Valerie that they're dropping her case in front of everybody. And this is when David finally takes her out of the house. He's like, no, you're not staying here anymore. You're coming to my place with me. Mm-hmm. End of story. Like, that is just a safer environment for you. Right. The next morning, we're all at the peach pit again. You know what? I don't want to complain about this, but I feel like they eat out way too often. <laughs> hey, they have to have a third place, right? It's like the the Central Park. It's the um, McLaren's Bar. Like, it's – they got to have a third place. <laughs> Like, half of them only just got jobs. Right. Some of them have pretend jobs that daddy made up when he gave you a newspaper. (laughs) But I do, like, this is another one that I kind of love where 
you know, they're all sitting. It's Donna, Brandon, Kelly, and Steve at the breakfast table. And Brandon's like, well, the DA did miss, you know, some sort of charge. Like, she was drugged. They should be investigating that. And then it, like, tries to go around the table and Steve turns to Donna and is like, we're on Noah's side. And she's just like, he cheated on me. Why do I care? Yeah. She's like, there isn't a good side, you idiot. Like, (laughs) but then Noah even comes in and he's like, hey, why aren't you happy for me that I don't have to go to jail? I got the charges dropped. Yeah. This. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, Donna's like, um, don't care. You are still a jerk. And I don't, did you clock this as weird when Steve and Brandon are talking to Noah and Steve, of course, is just an idiot and is like, we're behind her brother. And there was like a weird exchange when Noah's like, I didn't do anything. And then Brandon says, you did plenty. And then Noah says back to him, nothing you haven't done? Infidelity. I thought that was weird. Oh, okay. Mm. It is weird because who the fuck talks like that? But yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, yeah, I infidelity is not where my brain immediately goes to. Like, Same. I'm still in the whole like this was not consensual. So, like, how are we just jumping right to cheating here? And, and I'm not saying Brandon is better than Noah in any way because, like, I don't no. have we don't know Noah well enough to make that judgment. And and also, it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. I just could not for the life of me figure out, like, what did he mean by that? And, yeah, until Mary just said infidelity, I'm like, oh. Mm. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> I got I got to be honest. I was really stuck on the fact that Steve congratulated Noah for getting the charges dropped because it was like, Steve, you have also been accused of things. Like, maybe these two should not be congratulating each other on getting charges dropped for sexual assault. God. <sighs> mm. Yeah, but it's okay because we cut around to the back because Donna, for some reason, like walked through the pee pad to leave. Um, But Josh follows her to sell her drugs. And at this point, I am just like, I swear to God, like, how are we not putting this together? That he Mm -hmm. sells drugs. Valerie was drugged. He was there. Like, where did she get Rohypnol? Who was she sitting next to all night? Everybody, come on. I think that's the thing. It's like they try to, in various points in the episode, they try to remind the audience, like, hey, there was still a drug involved. Like, Valerie was drugged. There was a drug in the drink. Like, they remind us of that, but they don't make a point. You know, it's like, it's, it's, because even Steve, he doesn't actually say it, but he was like, allegedly, there's a drug in the drink. Like, he doesn't exactly say that, but basically does. And I think, yeah, like, nobody i'm surprised brandon hasn't put it together because he's been so on the fence well and that's what i thought the brandon storyline was going to be because he's been on the fence he starts talking to the cops asking them Mm -hmm. what they would do since the da is not doing their job and then maybe tammy's like oh well you should start by like asking questions like who else was at the bar that night like that's where i thought that was gonna go same totally i'm i'm 100 percent with you there so Josh, like, gave Donna these pills. She takes them with her because she has a long day of work ahead of her. And I'm going to skip the David and Val thing for a minute just because, like, yeah, Donna is, like, she got the pills. Now she's going to take the pills because Mm -hmm. it turns out that, like, apparently she has a full cubicle job designing a full line of little girls' 
active wear clothing in one day. I don't really know what's happening here. <laughs> um, but she's really behind on work, so she took all of the pills that she could get them done. Yeah. And, like, and when she does it <laughs> and then, like, puts up all those designs on the board or whatever, she's not even talking that fast. And, like, I understand that's probably a stereotype of I, – I mean, I've never been on an amphetamine, so I have no idea what it makes you feel like. And, like, mm-hmm. when the boss comes in to be like, hey, the meeting got pushed for a day, Donna's face literally said to me, but I took drugs to do this, bro. <laughs> like, Yes. It's <laughs> just like, oh, no, she's high and doesn't have to keep working. Yep. But, no, yeah, because the boss comes in and is like, oh, does your back hurt? And she's just like, no, I finished. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, good. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just didn't really scream, I took a bunch of pills, and now I'm high as a kite. Mm-hmm. Other than her, like, horribly sad face. Right. Her realization that, like, oh, crap. I have crossed the line that I am willing to cross again. <laughs> She's like, well, I guess it wasn't too bad. Yeah. I guess. What do I do now? But... Yeah, there's there's this whole short scene that, like, I don't really want to talk about because it upsets me, but I feel like it was a really important moment for Val because she's, like, angry cleaning the kitchen, right? Like, she's upset at David's house just, like, scrubbing on the floor, on the uh, countertops. Mm-hmm. And David, like, wants to help her, but she's like, no, nobody wants to help me. Nobody likes me. Men only want me for sex. That's why we're together, like – all of this horrible stuff and she starts like throwing herself at David to prove her point and I was just like oh my god she just needs a hug and then he gave it to her and I was just like just just cuddle on the couch and watch like animal videos of unlikely friend pairings and it it is so I think one of the best things Beverly Hills ever did was the character of Val. Like we, like we've always said, like we love her for her, her chaotic behavior. We love her for mm-hmm. being authentic, authentically herself. And I think the good news is, which granted we still have like two and a half or one, however many seasons we have left, <laughs> to have a character assassination, right? To completely like change her. But mm-hmm. I think she's been one of the most consistent characters that we've seen in the show. And something that has been so consistent is the fact that she has always felt like people value her because of her looks, because of her body, because of pretty much superficial things. So that's why she takes advantage of people. She understands Mm -hmm. that. She knows that. So therefore, she gets what she wants. If she's going to be treated that way, she sure as hell is going to get what she wants out of it, right? But at Mm -hmm. the end of the day... All she has ever wanted is acceptance. That's why she hangs around this freaking group, no matter how many times they hurt her, is she wants acceptance. And she gets it from David here, right? She says, all men want from me is sex. You know, I know that's what you want. I know that's what they want. That's that's just what my value is. And David gets to show her that that's not true for him. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. And then that drives her to say, you know, I want people to know that what he did was wrong and that it matters. Again, perfect quote 
for this situation, just like the one Mm -hmm. she said in the very beginning. And I was like, okay, good, 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 good. We're back on track. (laughs) Yeah. And like, it spurs her. So, you know, to cut ahead and we'll come back to the ride along, like she goes to the pee pad and she goes to Noah and like, you know, the very first thing he does is basically try and convince her that she never said no, but like, that's not the point. She never said, she never gave an informed yes. Like that's, that's where he misses, but it's fine. That's a whole different story because at this point is when she tells him that she's going to file the civil suit against him. And I was just like, girl, I'm conflicted, but do it. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, and on long flights, like coming to visit me in Amsterdam. And really everything you just mentioned benefits me. I genuinely feel better after using Liquid IV. I'm refreshed, I'm hydrated, and I feel like I can conquer the day just like Brandon Walsh. Or Volleyball Steve. (laughs) I especially love the new flavor Seaberry, especially during the summer so I can pretend like I'm on a tropical island. Or I'll go with an iconic classic, like the Beverly Beach Club, with a lemon-lime flavor while I'm waiting for the grunions to run. Also, it's pretty neat that Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code 90210. That's 90210 at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code 90210 at liquidiv.com. But okay. So this ride along, this weird extra story that has been thrown in here where Brandon and Steve are in the back of a cop car and the cops are not surprised that the DA is not filing charges. You know, we find out that the older gentleman, I didn't write his name down, um, his last partner died in his arms. So like we've learned, tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. But then they get this call being like, hey, there was an armed robbery. You got to find the guy. And the older cop – okay. So he like sees some guy that he normally sees on his beat and is like, oh, yeah, I've gotten him a couple of times. It's definitely him. Just chase after him. And then gets out of the cop car and starts beating the man with a nightstick with Brandon and Steve still in the back seat, like – It was just not expected at all. I was like in absolute shock. You know, there's the scene where Brandon and Steve are just in the backseat with their mouths open. Like, Mm -hmm. that was me. It's really unfortunate because as soon as uh, the camera, like as soon as the like shot of the guy running away happened, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Like, it's extremely sad that I, it, that immediately came to me because mm-hmm. I was like, and of course, it's a non-white actor. Yeah. They couldn't just make this a white guy, right? And they request backup for one guy that is in a dead end. So yeah. I was like, yep, okay, it's tracking so far. 
And then, yeah, the male cop is the one that gets out and approaches. The female cop has a gun on him. And the male cop, like you said, just beats the ever-living daylights out of him. Barely reads the Miranda rights. And just keeps yelling at him and threatening and, like, just berating this guy. Pulls out, like, a pocket knife. And I'm like, yeah, this doesn't surprise me at all. I Like, the only thing that was left to happen was a wrongful death right mm-hmm. and yeah brandon's like i don't like what i see and i'm like brandon i'm literally disinterested in you this episode you mean nothing this episode so well and yeah this was another part where it was like okay now we're setting this up like this has got to be the last you know couple episodes before the finale like we're on episode mm-hmm. 21 we'll wrap up the val story we'll get this brand new big brandon story donna's thing will happen side by side and then we have the finale and we move on like right that's kind of what was running through my head i was like i see it we're picking this up <laughs> completely wrong it's fine whatever <laughs> and i'm, I'm going to just finish the ride along as well because Brandon does try and go investigative journalist and he's like, Mm -hmm. hey, I want to talk to that guy, Louie. And the cops are like, you can't do that right now. Like, there's no point. He definitely did it. And Brandon's like, "Mm, I really should. And he's like, the cop goes, okay, well, you should probably wait until he's off PCP or whatever, which I don't know what was going on in the 90s with angel dust. I did not Google it because I feel like I will go down a rabbit hole, but nothing makes me happier than like every time in Buffy where they're like, what do we say about all the destruction? It was PCP. (laughs) Yeah. It just, just, yeah. It's like, there's really not much more to say about it, right? Like, yeah. Like, of course, Steve is pro what happened in the alley and Brandon's against it. Like, of course. And he's like talking about the article and the female cop is like, Tammy, I keep, yeah, I know her name. Mm-hmm. Tammy is like, well, as long as it's not a hatchet job. And I understand her point is more like reputation does matter, but right mm-hmm. and wrong too. You know, like she's just making sure it's not a hatchet job and that it's honest, right? And then Brandon was like, the part that bothered me too was like Brandon was like, um, I couldn't really tell that he was on drugs. How could you? And, you know, to the naked eye, you could be like, Brandon. You, how would you like you have no experience in that regard mm-hmm. but at the same time when he followed it up with saying like so how could you I was like okay he's trying to learn here and that part I'm cool with right and mm-hmm. the of course Glenn the the, the older cop is just Glenn. like experience and I'm like cool cool like that is not say more please <laughs> <laughs> So now that Val has decided to put the civil suit up against Noah, which I guess she's already like filed. I don't know. I don't know exactly at what point we're at here with the civil suit, if she's just like declared intent or hired a lawyer or what. But Josh is already past all of that being like, we'll just settle. Money makes her go away. And Noah is insistent again. He's like, no, we're not going to pay her off because if we pay her off, that's basically me admitting I'm guilty. Mm Mm-hmm. But And, like, this is also where I'm – I was hoping that Noah would start putting some pieces together because Josh is acting a little panicky, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. saying, like, we'll just settle. We'll just settle. And when Noah doesn't want to do that, he throws out some buzzwords. 
he calls Valerie mm-hmm. a gold digger, which how the hell does he know? He doesn't. Um, he says that she'll go cheap on the settlement amount. How does he know this? He doesn't. And when Noah says he wishes he could get his hands on the person who did this, I was like, oh, finally, we're bringing it back around to like the fact that Noah realizes that somebody drugged her and he needs to find that out. That's how he proves his innocence. And I was like, oh, okay. Josh is starting to panic. But no, not literally that nothing keeps coming of that. And I'm not at all sure how we're going to get there. That's like, it's like everybody has a chance to get there. And then the story Mm -hmm. takes a wild left turn. So like at this point, the reason that we kind of drop that conversation is because Donna calls to talk to Josh because she took all of her pills to prepare all of her stuff. Now she has to Mm -hmm. give her presentation. So she needs more pills. Mm -hmm. and like basically just they agree to meet at the peach pit everyone does everything completely in public totally not weird at all of him showing up at the peach pit to give her drugs yeah right like man but like every time and then I had a question I don't know if you guys would know this do you know what they use instead of pills are they just sugar pills or like is it Tylenol? I guess you can't do Tylenol because if you had to do this, the take seven times. You so would, I don't, would. I don't know, but I think I I think what they do is they get a shot of the pill in the hand, and then when they're actually going like this, there's nothing there. Like it's a okay. Separate that shot. makes so now, much more sense. Now, granted, we did get literal shot of Donna taking those giant horse pills, the the white pain pills. And putting them mm-hmm. in her mouth, so I can only assume those are, like, placebos, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, for, for the ones that actually look like pill capsules, I'm like, they're doing two shots. They have to. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. I was literally sitting here being like, well, you can't have, like, even if it's children's Tylenol, that's too much yeah. Tylenol. Right. Or they're like, you know, put it in your hand, put it in your mouth, and just hold it in your cheek, you know, and, like, mm. drink your water, but don't. But there's no way it can be, like, real pills. Because what if you accidentally no. just take a whole bunch of, like, oxy? Like, ooh, God. <laughs> they can't risk Those that. Are, <laughs> they're like, these are actual horse painkillers. Yeah. Don't eat them. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no way. They had to have gotten just, yeah, like, candy or something, you know? Yeah. No, it has to be, like, those little, like... The thing that came with fun dip that you would stick in, it's just those. Oh my God. I mean, basically look the same size as the horse pills Donna was taking. (laughs) Uh, Oh, and Josh drops. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just sitting here giggling at the idea of them making Donna actually swallow those giant ass (laughs) pills. And it takes like 10 takes because she keeps fucking choking on them because they're like (laughs) the size of a pinky finger. Right? Like, it's like the scenes in Baby Mama when they try to get Amy Poehler to take the pro- the uh, the prenatal vitamin, and it's like the size of a half dollar. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And then also in this scene, because it is so weird to have, like, news travels in this episode, but Josh also tells Donna that Valerie's filed a lawsuit. Like, yeah, it's literally just like, here's all your pills. Oh, by the way, 
There's a mm-hmm. lawsuit. I came to lobby on Noah's behalf. He's being sued. Real good dude, that Josh. Real good dude. All right. God. And then Jasper tells David that the record label is worried about him and they'll dump him if he doesn't start working. Which, fair. Which, I mean, yeah. Like, that's kind of how this works. Mm-hmm. I David has literally been on the other side of this when he's booked the studio time and then not been able to use it. Yeah, I feel like but. that's the thing with the studio time is like it's not just like an appointment that you can reschedule. I mean, it is, but like you're on the hook for mm-hmm. money at this point. So I can, yeah, I can definitely understand. Yeah. Exactly. But like, yeah, so – Donna's been, you know, buying drugs. She's in pain. She just learned about Valerie. David just had this conversation and he comes to sit next to Donna. And I got a little snarky in my notes here because I was just like, David comes in and sits next to Donna and asks that her boyfriend raping his girlfriend doesn't come between their friendship. Yeah. And then it does anyway. Because Donna's now not on Val's side again and on Noah's and it's like, oh, we all I guess now we know Val's price. Which and David's like, like, um, they didn't sleep together. Noah raped her. That's different. Which thank you, David. Thank you. Yeah. No, every time like every time someone said something bad about Val, it was like, we don't need to like jump straight to picking sides. We yeah. can just like take a minute here because the fact that y'all are just like talking shit about her from the beginning I'm like y'all and it also doesn't matter like like you were saying like we don't need to pick sides it also doesn't even matter I mean it does like it does matter like let me mm-hmm. take a step back. it matters like, yeah it matters in the sense that we should believe people when they say that they were harmed like absolutely but what mm-hmm. I mean is it <laughs> what that means is like Doing due diligence, doing like, yeah, finding the criminal. Like Val clearly had something bad happen to her, and nobody's mm-hmm. trying to find out who did this or what happened. They're just assuming they're just she's assuming. lying. Yeah, they're just assuming. They're just making assumptions and opinions based on w- who they think Val is and who they think Noah is. And it's like mm-hmm. that. It actually really doesn't matter your opinion on this, and. You can just go pound sand. Thank you. Yeah. And, like, it just keeps getting worse because mm-hmm. the next scene we have is at Casa Walsh where Brandon and Steve are talking about the ride-along and how, like, Steve doesn't think what happened was bad and Brandon has to be like, well, just because the DA didn't file charges doesn't mean a crime wasn't committed And then Kelly just wants to come in and gossip about the lawsuit and all of this stuff is happening and Val is there again being like, Mm -hmm. I'm right here. I can hear everything you're saying. Brandon, do you have anything to add? And he doesn't – again, he cowardly stands there like a church mouse. I'm like, dude, say something. Anything. You're always welcome at my house. But that. Anything but that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't understand the, Brandon has an opinion about everything. And he always believes 
what he says is a thousand percent true and accurate and right. So why all of a sudden, like I said earlier, why is he so spineless right now? What is he gaining from this? Unless, like we have been theorizing, he's trying to get to the real facts and the real story. And, but I'm like, how, why are you being quiet about that? Typically you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know all the facts. I'm going to go find out though. Like, here's what I know. Here's what I don't know. Here's how I'm going to change what I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just baffles me. I I do keep wondering if it has anything to do with the show being like, we can't have our female lead and our male lead saying these things. Like, we just don't want those sound bites out in the world or like, whatever. No idea. Could be right. Could be wrong. But yeah, it drives me so nuts that like, you know, even at the end of the scene, Brandon tells Kelly, like, you were you were harsh with her. And Kelly's like, well, you were too easy on her. Yeah. He didn't like, do anything. He literally it, didn't do anything. Yeah. I, and when Kelly and Steve are, like, shaming her for the $10 million price tag or whatever, and Val has to be like, I just want him to admit what he did. If I get that and a nickel, I'll be happy. You know, mm. like, that's obviously what's important but it doesn't matter that she says that because they won't believe her anyway and then steve again just being the absolute worst you defend louie you defend her brother you're getting soft on me okay steve you can really go touch grass like you are getting on my last nerve last nerve it makes me so mad that there was a part of me that liked steve ever because i feel like (laughs) at this point like it was different when it was just like pulling frat pranks and like, yeah, he had done some bad things, but he re- like he put effort into getting out of them in mm-hmm. high school. Like he tried to earn people's trust back. Now he's just not doing it anymore or he's being so terrible. And I'm just like, I'm over Steve. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Then- yeah. It's like at a certain point, those antics aren't likable anymore. It's like he hasn't grown up and he hasn't learned anything. And I think that's what we – that's the consistent thing about Steve is that he never learns. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw there was a post in the r slash Beverly Hills 90210 subreddit because I was searching and it was like all of the terrible things that Steve did. And mm-hmm. I didn't read past where we are, but it was like – it was funny because it was like in season one, he had like three or four things. In season two, he had like two or three. I think like season five, he had like five or six terrible things that he did. And then six, seven, and eight, he's really only had like one stupid thing he did, but they've all been so bad that they just mm. permeate the entire season. And wow. I'm just like, how, how can you do this? How can you store up all of the bad to like get to the point that you're screaming at people and accusing someone of lying? Yeah, it's like for so long it was his actions that were really bad, and now it's morphed into, no, his morals are bad. His ideals are bad. It makes me so mad because I think Ian Zeering is just such a little yeah. cutie and he's so fun, but he, it makes me so mad. I know. I'm with you. Ugh. And then we get all these like little brief scenes with Donna to like remind us what she's up to. Um, it's really messed up and it's a very toxic work environment for her to finish her presentation and the guy they're presenting to being like, I don't need to see the other person's if it's even half as good as Donna's. Mm-hmm. And like, like, yeah, that is just breeding like toxic competition. But then 
he has to Donna to present with the same energy tomorrow. And so you know in her mind she's like, pills again. Yeah, and she's like all stressed. And I'll just like skip to the that next scene um, with them. And mm-hmm. yeah, the phone's ringing. Donna's out of it, so she doesn't answer. Because I guess at this point she hasn't taken more of the amphet- amphetamine. She's just on the pain pills, which we know they've stated they knock her out. And David mm-hmm. had called Kelly, and Donna's freaking out about the pills. Like, she's dumping her purse out on the coffee table, trying to, like, furiously find them. And Kelly's just kind of, like, side-eyeing her. And I'm like, why aren't you freaking out? Like, why aren't you – she's just like, David, this isn't a good time. And then it's still like, Donna, what are you doing? Like, not – at all clocking any of what's going on. She literally took pills herself. She saw David strung out on meth. She experienced all that was Colin. Like. No. Yeah. And like there's the one point where she even picks the pills up out of the like decorative bowl and is like, are these what you're looking for? Like that could have been the perfect time to be like, I really think we need to talk about these. But instead she's just like, here are the pills. Did you know about the lawsuit? <laughs> it is so ridiculous. <laughs> like, she's just literally just being the worst. She's just being a gossipy brat and yeah. ignoring her friend's pain because she wants to complain about Val. Like, girl, come on. I know. And so, like, when Donna grabs the phone and takes it to the other room to clearly call Josh, she, like, Calls for Noah because she assumes Josh will be with Noah and she assumes right. Donna, like, (laughs) the only thing that I kind (laughs) of laughed at was when Donna just says, is Josh there? And Noah's like, oh, hey, Noah, how are you? And then Donna just goes, hey, Noah, how are you? Where's Josh? Like, it just, it was actually really good acting in that moment because it felt really, really real. You know, like when you're mad at someone, like you just. Oh, hey, how are you? Okay, now get to, like, I'm getting to the point here. And so Mm -hmm. I don't like what she's doing, but I was like, man, that was good. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, there are some points in this where it's so good to just hear them. Like, honestly, even Donna, like, snapping at Kelly and all this Mm -hmm. stuff, like, I kind of had fun with it. Yeah, exactly. Like, the content's bad, but, like, the acting's great. Yeah. And (laughs) speaking of the content, like... After she hangs up the phone, Josh starts reminding Noah that, like, okay, forget the drugs. You didn't drug her. Somebody did. You can get caught on diminished capacity. She was so drunk she couldn't walk up the stairs. Like, it's the same thing where Josh is, like, trying to push all these thoughts into Noah's head of, like, you need to settle and you need to settle right now and you need to make her sign an NDA and you need to move on. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, in that moment – when he's like pretty much like blatantly um or i guess he's he's very directly saying this is what a lawyer's going to do to you like did you have to help her up the stairs was she drunk was she you know uh out of her mind when you guys had like all this stuff and i'm like okay so clearly Josh is familiar with how lawyers work and then him saying and insisting that he needs to settle, 
comes across as I'm looking out for you, my brother. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to watch my back because I drugged your girlfriend or your ex-girlfriend or whatever. And like, this is the point where I was also thinking like, maybe Noah should have it start going through his head that he needs to talk to Val about what happened. Because mm-hmm. like when Josh starts bringing all this stuff up of like, okay, you didn't drug her, but she was so drunk you had to drag her up the stairs. Like, I feel like Noah should be like, that is true. Like yeah. maybe I need to talk about her, talk to her, because like, and this is where I get conflicted because it's like, I feel like Noah should realize like what happened shouldn't have happened, but can you know maintain there was no malintent on his side unless there was. I mean maybe that's why he's yeah. not saying all these things, but like, it's a very gray area, and it seems like there are so many times that we could resolve this in like a therapy way and like making sure that everyone is actually healed from the trauma. Because if you think about it, I like Noah has also been wrong to an extent because he didn't know that he was doing this. Yeah. And this, like the Rohypnol didn't just appear. This wouldn't have happened if Josh hadn't drugged someone. A thousand percent. And I think that's kind of why I've been so focused on like the fact that nobody is seeming to latch onto Valerie was drugged. Because Mm -hmm. to your point, in this line of questioning, you know, this role playing that Josh is doing with Noah and getting to your point about like Noah needs to talk to Val, it would have been a really interesting conversation to see Noah and Val talking about, well, what happened before all of this? Like Mm -hmm. you were drugged. Do you remember what you were doing, who you were talking to, what was going on? Before you started, before you stopped remembering, Mm -hmm. nobody seems to care about that part. And that is the most important thing in this story. It blows my mind. Yeah. Like, we have so many opportunities to bring all of this stuff up. And, like, you know, maybe they're holding it to bring it in in the next episode. I really sure. don't know. I don't think so, but I don't know. Yeah. But, like, we just have all these opportunities and we throw them away. hmm Because, like, that next scene, they're at the Beverly Beat and, you know, Brandon has written the article. He's <laughs> turning it into Janet so that she can – type it or print it whatever he's (laughs) handing in his homework and Tammy comes in officer Tammy and says that Louie wasn't the guy who did it and he wasn't high when they beat him but then she tells this like tragic backstory for Glenn and is like oh he's only retiring in a few months he's such a good guy if you release this it's gonna ruin everything and Okay, first of all, somehow that works. And Brandon and Steve decide not to run the story because he's a good guy who deserves to retire. And I just want to be like, no, that's not the case. There's probably been people covering up like this for his entire career and you should probably Mm -hmm. get it out now and not let him get that pension that he probably doesn't deserve. But it doesn't matter because there's a whole – we're not going to get political here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the timing of retirement has no merit or value when it comes to bad character. Uh, Like that's – all I'll say about that. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But then number two, somehow this moment of them being completely thrown off by 
the Glenn Louie former partner thing, this is what makes them realize that Valerie might be telling the truth. And like, I I won't say it out loud because it's a lot, but when I tell you the expletives that are in my notes, <laughs> like my reactions here were just like, you cannot be like, what is happening? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. This is what it took for them to realize, oh my God, there's another side to a story. There are two sides. There are sometimes three. There's right and wrong, but also gray. What? This is brand new information. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just so, like you said, I think in the beginning, or maybe off air, you said the mental, I think uh, Mary said this, the mental gymnastics it took for them to connect the two storylines is unreal. (laughs) It was so bad. And like, okay, I'm going to skip the Kelly storyline and like stick with the, like very specifically Val and the settlement and Steve and Brandon and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Because Mm -hmm. like- there's a moment where Val and David are at David's house. Jasper shows up again and is like, I can't protect you anymore, David. We have to go. And Val's finally just like, go. I need the time to think about what's like what I'm going to do about this settlement. Because yeah. Josh has presented it to her and she hasn't said anything yet. Mm-hmm. And I do love that he's like, David goes, oh, I'll support you no matter what. Like whatever decision I, yeah. you make, this is on you. He calls her a victim at one point, which I don't really like. But I don't think that was like – I think that's fine. I think that was for the time. For sure. And what I love is that, like, because we didn't really go in depth on the conversation between Josh and Val when it came to the $200,000. I do Mm -hmm. also love that Val was honest with David about that conversation and about what was at stake and, like, the, you know, the whole thing. That made me happy. Not because I don't think Val would have been honest because like in this situation I do, she has nothing to lose by lying or nothing to gain from lying about that mm-hmm. I just love that it wasn't David is in the loop the whole time and I appreciate that yes just from a I don't know a story perspective like they didn't need to throw in another dramatic point to have reasonable doubt against Valerie and I'm glad so I'm mm-hmm. glad that they chose to do that Oh, I completely agree. I was having like moments in this episode where I was like, do I like the Val and David relationship? I literally can't remember where I ended on them, but this week I like them. Yeah, exactly. This this was a good one for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was a good one. Um, and, you know, so he leaves and Steve comes to see Val while she's alone and she doesn't want to talk to him, but he's like, oh, this is really important. I have to do this. He admits that he jumped to conclusions and that he's going to keep an open mind about what happened to Valerie, which I love that her response is like, I'm supposed to be happy about that. (laughs) Yeah. Like I didn't hear an apology. (laughs) I loved it. I loved that this was a terrible response from Steve and it's the best we're going to get. So it's like, be happy with what you got, but I'm so mad. Right. And then she even says like, okay, yeah, you're offering me an olive branch, but if I reach for it, is it going to break? Like, what are you going to do after this? Exactly. Like, she has no – like, just because you say this one thing one time does not mean that you will 
that it is substantiated in any way, shape, or form. And Val is mm-hmm. like, I have no reason to trust you, so I'm not gonna. So you can say what you mm-hmm. want, but I don't trust you. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like literally what you said earlier, like Steve's actions and words, like he's been saying all this stuff and then he comes here and he says something different. She's like, why would I believe that? Yeah, exactly. No, I I love the like empowerment that Val seems to be getting and like I hate where it came from, but I love that she just feels so confident in herself that she can even just be like, no, Steve, I don't need you. I don't need anybody from this group because you're all terrible people. Exactly. It's exactly like, you know, before when she's like, okay, uh, Kelly, got your thoughts. Cool. Steve, got yours as well. Brandon, anything to add? Like, she's so confident in like, I know you hate me. Apparently you hate me. And, and I know I now know that. But Brandon, how about you? Where do you fall? Because she doesn't actually care what they think about her just that she knows what they think about her you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. it doesn't bother her I mean it does bother her because she's a human being but like it doesn't bother Mm -hmm. her in the sense that she's like gonna do everything she can to change it she just is like okay let me just find it out let's put all our cards on the table so that we know and we can move on Mm -hmm. well yeah I mean Val knows that knowledge is power she knows yes she just needs to know where she stands. Exactly. And then, yeah, there's this brief moment at the Wyatt Clinic where Kelly is getting medicine or she's doing inventory of medicine in a locked cabinet and leaves Donna alone with it because despite the fact that she has seen Donna's behavior for the past few weeks or past few days, uh, she doesn't think anything of it, leaves her alone with a bunch of pills and the key in the door. And Donna steals a bottle of amphetamines and then rushes out. And again, Kelly doesn't think it's weird that Donna sent her out of the room to get her father and then was like, oh, but I can't stay. Bye. It's also bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. And it's also the fact that Donna didn't just like take a few pills out of the bottle and put the bottle back. She took the whole damn bottle. So Kelly's literally doing inventory. She's going to see that, oh, there's an entire missing bottle when I was supposed to have three or two, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever, because she's taking inventory. And yeah, Yeah. the fact that she doesn't even like, no alarm bells go off, none whatsoever to think, hmm, why doesn't she just come with me to go see your dad? Hmm. She ran out of here really fast. Yeah. No, nothing. Not even a little bit. As long as we're cool. Yeah. It's like... It, we've already said it throughout this whole episode. It just bothers yeah. me what's happening with Kelly. Yeah, it bothers me so much. And so finally, the reason, like, you know, Val had all this alone time from David. Steve shows up while she's walking out the door. It turns out she was going to Noah's boat to tell him basically, like, I've changed my mind. I don't want your money. And... I want to put you on the stand. I want everybody to know what you did. And I want you to have to tell the truth because once again, Noah doesn't say something. He's like, I didn't notice if you were drugged. Like that's not an excuse. Yeah. And like, I think that's fine to say, but it is not a good look. Right. Because like we know Noah was like drunk off his mind. Val was obviously drunk and drugged. So there's no excuse for not noticing. 
But I think it's fine for him to say it because that is his perspective. He's like, I didn't, I didn't notice. I, maybe he hasn't been around somebody who's been drugged before, you know, like, so I'm trying to say this very carefully because not the fact that he didn't notice is the problem, but him saying he didn't notice is not the problem, right? (laughs) Like it doesn't change Mm -hmm. the fact that he didn't notice. He can say it, but facts are facts that's what i mean like yeah you can say that but it should be part of a larger conversation where we talk about what happened to the both of you and like really try and come to terms with it so that we don't have to divide our friend group down a very uneven line and like we don't have to feel this bad like yes we can start working through it and we can start healing but instead they're just going to yell at each other because noah won't have a conversation and val feels cornered Exactly. And like to further that, he's like, Val says, what do you call sex without consent? And all Noah says is a mistake. Not a mistake that has consequences, but just oopsies. My bad. No, no, no. We need a larger conversation around what it actually means. No, they, they were killing me in this episode. Like when this finally ended, like, despite the fact that I liked pieces of it, as soon as she was like, I want to put you on the stand, and it said, like, executive producer, blah, 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 I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, thank God. This is over. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It just seemed like at a certain point, it was like, we're just digging deeper, like, a deeper grave at this point. Yeah. <sighs> and since we've been going for almost an hour and a half, um, do you guys have anything else to say about this episode? Like... I don't really want to give it like any accolades or anything, but I want to make sure that we've talked about the whole story because it's very important. Yeah, no, I think the only thing, the only other thing I wanted to say, which I think I've kind of alluded to in my thoughts is just, I desperately want to get to a place where we focus more on who drugged Val and what happened before she and Noah hooked up because Mm -hmm. it, it matters so much because otherwise it's just not a complete story, you know? Like, I think if we just mm-hmm. take it for face value for what it is right now, Noah is guilty. And right, wrong, fair, not fair, it just is what it is. Like, I would love to hear more perspective on that. But mm-hmm. simply if we take this as face value – from Valerie's perspective, from Noah's perspective, from the events that happened as they themselves know it, Noah is guilty. Mm-hmm. So, but knowing that, that's why I want to know so much more about how we get the whole group to understand and know more about the drug part of it because it matters to the outcome and to the facts of the situation. Mm-hmm. So that's all. Yeah. No, we're missing key puzzle pieces that, like, I'm upset that we didn't get them in this episode, but, like, I have to have faith that they're coming. Exactly. I just really am begging any group member to notice how badly Josh wants all of this to go away. Yeah. Exactly. They're they're so close. They're all so close. I mean, literally, Brandon has brought up several times. He was like, nobody's investigating this thing. 
And then, yeah, Josh is the one pushing for the settlement, but he's only pushing the settlement when he's alone with Noah. Mm -hmm. It's killing me. He's so evil. See, and that's another piece, too, that's interesting, is that Noah, I'm sorry, Josh, is really only connected at this point to Noah, Donna, and Val. He doesn't Mm -hmm. know Brandon. He doesn't know Kelly. He doesn't know David. He doesn't know Steve. He is keeping that circle thin and tight. And with Donna, it's strictly business, right? Mm -hmm. With Val and Noah, it is all about making this thing go away. So that is important, I feel. (laughs) I think it's very important and I hate him and I want him gone. Yeah, same. Like it should be since he's keeping that circle so tight, we should be able to just like cut it off and be like, no, no, get out. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I feel like we all need to like take a deep breath and like go for a walk, put on (laughs) some sports, maybe listen to like Enya. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. Like really – have some like peaceful moments after this. I'm gonna go play some more Baldur's Gate and like just kill some stuff. I guess that's there exactly what I'm gonna do. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. It's gonna be perfect. Um. So yeah. What's uh. What's next week's episode, Caitlin? Do we have any chance to feel better? I mean, maybe. I mean, yet to be determined. But uh, next week we have season eight, episode twenty-two, Law and Disorder. Okay, so we had crimes and misdemeanors or something, and then law and disorder. And, like, the plan words could be also related to Donna's story, right? Like, disorderly Mm -hmm. conduct with pain pills, you know, whatever. Yeah. And stealing, obviously. Oh, my God. She stole from Dr. Dad. Mm Mm-hmm. Can't believe it. But I will also point out this episode got a 7.1 out of 10. The one that we've been reviewing. Um, And that is one of if it's one of the higher ones of the season. It is. Let me check. Just scrolling back real quick. It is the highest rated episode of this season to this point. Um, By a decent like by three tenths of a point, which I feel like is significant. Sorry, two tenths of a point deadline. um, God. Mm -hmm. Six point nine. Nice. And next episode is a 7.2. So it is ranked one-tenth of a point higher than this episode. And that, hold on, is tied tied for the highest rated episode of the season. So that makes this episode currently the third highest of the season. Okay, I can live with this. I can accept this. And, like, I get it. Like, I get why it's a highly ranked episode. It's dramatic. Yeah. It's got lots of different takes. It's for a soap opera type show. I get it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think think it absolutely makes sense. And I think just the fact that I hate the story so much probably even speaks more to how it was (laughs) written and directed and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like well, this is an hour and a half, an hour and a half worth of talking about it. So yeah, it makes sense why it's rated highly. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so yeah, let's get out of here, and we'll do another hour and a half, or maybe whatever next week. <laughs> and until then, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Podcast. 
You can also send us emails, and please do if you've got your thoughts, feelings, comments, opinions on this episode. We'd love to hear them, um, and you can do that at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and give you all a better podcast. And if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya.